Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. that's associated with this tree. The myth of the legend is is that Judas himself hung from this species of tree. Therefore, its flowers, once white, are now pink or red, stained with the blood of of Judas. Also, the legend says that it betrays or kills bees because these bees are drawn to it by the nectar and then when they drink the nectar, they are betrayed and they die. Furthermore, it's called uh, the Judas tree because it has seed pods that hang or dangle from it, much like they believe that Judas hung or dangled from that tree. Of course, it's just a myth, right? It's it's just a legend. But it, it recalls the death of Judas. You know, trees, when you think about it, are so important to our lives. If we were to just make a list of all the things that trees do for us, from the oxygen that we breathe in to even the things that we make out of trees, right? I mean, they're, they're very important in life, and they're also very important in God's Bible. Right, his scripture, his holy writings, we see them in Genesis from the Garden of Eden all the way to Revelation, right? the very last chapter, these trees of knowledge of good and evil and trees of life and trees are mentioned quite often. Jesus himself said every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. As we go forward today, I want you to keep that in your mind. The healthy tree produces good fruit, but the diseased tree or the the bad tree only produces bad fruit. Jesus went on to say, a tree is known by its fruit. So today, before we come to the table, I want us to consider and contrast two men that died on trees. Consider with me and contrast two trees Tree number one, the tree of Judas. The tree of Judas. We know Judas. Judas was chosen to be one of the twelve disciples, one of the twelve apostles. We know him as the disciple that betrayed Jesus. Not many children are named Judas today for this very reason. He was the betrayer. But his name is a form of Judah. The name Judah in Hebrew actually means Jehovah leads, but sadly we know that Judas was led by Satan. For the scripture says that Satan entered him and he went out from that place and he betrayed Jesus. So one of the lessons perhaps that we can learn from the life of Judas is this, it's tragic. It's possible to be around Jesus and yet to be unchanged inside. It's possible to be around the things of God and be unchanged, unregenerate, unmoved. This is Judas. 
right there with Jesus, but unchanged and evil. He betrays Jesus for money, for silver coins. And yet afterwards we see His regret, His remorse, and we actually see His suicide. Did you know, as I was looking this week, I found another piece of tragic information, and it was this, that in 2017, a young man in Mexico was involved in one of their famous passion plays, and he played the part of Judas, and tragically in the play, something went wrong, and he actually hung himself, playing Judas in a passion play. Tragic. Judas. We read about his death in only really one of the Gospels, and it's the Gospel according to Matthew. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 27, page number 833 in the Black Pew Bible. If you don't have a Bible, that Black Pew Bible in front of you is our gift to you today. You can take that, page 833, Matthew 27. It's the last few days of Jesus here on earth leading up to His crucifixion. This is what God's Word says. Then when Judas, Jesus' betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, right? Pilate had condemned him. Judas changed his mind. And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed And he went and hanged himself. Tragic. Verse 6 says, But the chief priest taking the pieces of silver said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury since it's blood money. So they took counsel and they bought with them the potter's field. Maybe the potters went there to get the clay. As a burial place for strangers or foreigners. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, and really also Zechariah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him, on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. And as you know, Judas goes off and he hangs himself and the Lord Jesus goes off to a trial, to be mocked, to be beaten, to be crucified, to be taken down, to be placed in a tomb. And yet our Savior would rise on the the third day, the first day of the week. It's, It's why we're here this morning to remember Jesus. We also see a glimpse of Judas' death in Acts chapter 1. If you have your Bible, you can flip over to Acts chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. Peter actually tells us a little bit more about this in his words when he stood up among the believers. Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. Peter says, Brothers, the Scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, or that that Greek word can be translated also, or swelling up, he burst open in the middle 
and all his bowels gushed out. I remember Luke writes Acts, and Luke's a medical doctor, so right, it's nothing for him to talk about the guts busting out for us. Ooh, a little gory there, Luke. It says, And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. What we believe as we reconcile the two passages is that Judas, after he betrayed Jesus, Judas felt remorse or regret. And he tried to go and turn the money, right? And his own people that, that had really conspired right there with him, now they're no longer on his side. Hey, we don't want your money. What is that? They, they, right? He throws it in the temple. He goes off and he hangs himself. Maybe perhaps it's, it's with his own belt. Who knows as he climbs this rocky crag type of place and, and as he hangs himself, perhaps the rope breaks and he falls headlong and busts open his, his guts out. Or perhaps he hung there and if the Greek word is he swelled up, then no one touched him and eventually he swelled up and his, his guts burst open, right? And this, it's this horrible picture to the end of the life of Judas on Judas's tree. Think about it. His death... It only led to a place for a few of the dead foreigners or strangers to be buried. And we ask this question, did Judas have repentance or just regret, remorse? Well, his re regret wasn't the same as repentance before God. We have no record of him repenting before God, but just showing regret or remorse before those priests of, of his day, right? And right, sometimes you could get pulled over by the police, right? And you have regret or remorse, but you really aren't going to repent and change the way you live or drive or act. And we don't see any repentance. So think about the first man. Think about his tree, the tree of Judas. That tree of Judas was a tree of iniquity. It was a tree of his iniquity, the, the sin of betraying Jesus unto death, the sin of his own iniquity of, of hanging himself. Judas died on the tree as a result of his own sin, as a result of his own iniquity, of his own bad choices. Judas self-inflicted death on a tree, could not atone for the sin that he had committed. It could not make amends for betraying Jesus. It could not remove the penalty by some form of penance, right? If I do this penance, perhaps it takes away my shame and takes away my guilt. No. No, it remained. It was a tree of iniquity. It was, of course, though, his sin, not his suicide, that would have sent him to eternal darkness. When you think about that tree, that tree was a tree of a curse. It was a tragic tree. William Barclay, in, in relation to Judas, says these words. The terrible thing about sin is that we cannot put the clock back. We cannot undo what we have done. Once a thing is done, nothing can alter it or bring it back. When we remember that no action can ever be recalled, it should make us doubly careful how we act. Judas died on a tree. But as we think about his tree, his tree was a tree of guilt. His tree was a tree of shame. 
all the guilt that he must have had, right, as he's tying a rope and to hang all the shame that he had, right? I've betrayed innocent blood. The tree represents his guilt and his shame and his iniquity, and it's, it's tragic. It's a tree of death. It's a miserable tree in the end. Now, if Judas had been faithful to Christ Jesus, he might have still died on a tree, just like Peter did, right? He might have still been crucified or hanged or many of the apostles were. If he had been faithful, he might have still died on a tree with a martyr's glory. But sadly, this betrayer dies by his own hand with guilt instead of glory. But as we read the scriptures, we see that there is another that died on a tree. Not for his sin, but for our sin. And you know that tree by now. It is the tree of Jesus. The second man, the Son of God, died on a tree. His tree is the cross. Jesus, the name means Jehovah saves. The Lord is salvation. And it's here that in Christ we find our salvation. It's what this holy meal represents. This was a tree where the man was innocent. One is a tree of iniquity, but this is a tree of innocence. There was no sin in Christ Jesus. One was a tree of a curse, but this was a tree of blessing, right? This was a tree of our salvation. It's the tree of my salvation. It's the tree of your salvation. Today we remember that in the cross. This was a tree of atonement. Christ died for our sins on the tree. His death led to a place of life. Judas' death sadly just led to a field where it was another place of death. But this other man's tree is never leading to death. Only his, right? But it leads to his resurrection, resurrection life and it, and it leads to our life. What a tree. A mercy tree for you, for me. It was a triumphant tree. One was so tragic, but this one was triumphant. Unlike Judas, as Jesus goes to his tree, he carries no guilt. He's guilty of nothing. He carries no shame. He prayed in the garden, Father, not my will, but thine be done. He goes 100% in for our salvation. Judas goes to his tree with regret because he had turned Jesus in. Jesus goes to the tree with no regret. He goes to accomplish the Father's plan. He knew it. He would fulfill it. One is a tree of death and the other is a tree of life. One is a tree of misery and the other tree, well, that tree is miraculous. Amen? It's a miraculous tree because in it we find salvation. Peter would preach about this tree often in the book of Acts. You don't have to turn there. You could write it down or just listen. In Acts 5.30... Jesus said these, uh, Peter said these words about Jesus. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging Him on a tree. Peter's preaching the gospel. And he doesn't mention so much cross. He calls it a tree. He says the God of our fathers, right? The, the, the Holy One of Israel, He raised Jesus, whom you Jews and Romans killed when you hung Him on a tree. In Acts 10, 39 and 40. 
He says these words in his sermon. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day. This is a great tree. Would you agree? He goes on in Acts 13, verses 29 and 30. And he says in this sermon, And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree, and they laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. You see, I think Peter loved to preach about that tree. He loved to preach about it because it was life and salvation and and triumph over sin. And he had to mention, right, that Christ died there and was taken down and was buried. And on the third day, He rose again. He appeared to many and that now anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. In his first epistle, 1 Peter 2.24, we get a very powerful verse as he once again mentions the tree. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He Himself bore our sins. Your sin, my sin, Eric's sins. Put your name there. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by His wounds you have been healed. Oh, as you take the bread and the cup today, remember that by His wounds we've been healed. As you look at the cup, you think that's by His wound, His blood that I've been healed. As you take the body, you you think about that. He bore our sins in His body on the tree. What a tree. You see, in the Bible, there were several men that hung on a tree, that died on a tree. Both Judas and Jesus hanged upon a tree. One was a tree of madness. One was a tree of mercy. One tree led to peace. The other tree could never bring relief. It could never bring or give peace. One tree changed nothing. And one tree changed the world and can even still change hearts today. The tree of Jesus. As I begin to look at this, I go back and I recall that even there in the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve, there were two trees. I compare these two trees with the two trees in that garden, you see Judas' tree was a tree of knowledge of good and evil, wasn't it? He knew the evil that he had done and he was ashamed of it and he he knew the guilt. His eyes were open. It was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil like, oh, you you shouldn't eat of that, that sin tree. But the tree of Jesus is a tree of life, eternal life tree of life, right? Once again in Revelation, that tree of life appears again, right? It's ultimately found in in Jesus. Sadly, so many know the tree of evil. And do we know, have we experienced the tree of life, Christ? Two men died on trees. What's the difference? One was a sinner. One was sinless, right? What's the difference? Can we die on, is is dying on the cross enough? No. The the cross never is enough. Judas could die on a tree. Peter died on a cross, an upside down cross history or tradition tells us. It's not a death on a cross that saves. It's a sinless Savior that saves. It's the man on the tree that makes the difference, right? Two men died on trees. What's the difference? One was a sinner and one was sinless. We need a sinless sacrifice. We need a sinless Savior, and we have one in Jesus. 
one death could never redeem. And in one death there is perfect redemption. Perfect reconciliation. Perfect propitiation. His sacrifice atoned for our sins. So as we come to the table today, this is partly what we remember. We remember the tree. We remember Jesus. We have to let Jesus deal with our sinful guilt. We all had it, just like Judas, right? We, we come to these times in our lives when we know we're not innocent, when we know there is iniquity in us, when we, when we do experience guilt and shame. You sang it in, in a wonderful hymn that Lance selected. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have. There is nothing we can do, right? People take their own life, right? Like, how can I get rid of this? How can I get this off my mind and off my conscience and off my heart? Or, or people get caught up in maybe if I join this cult or maybe if I try this or maybe if I just try to numb the pain in this life with alcohol or with money or pleasure. And what, what, can, what can satisfy? Nothing but that tree of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We have to let Jesus deal with our sinful guilt. Our sins have to be Christ's sins or we'll perish forever. Judas didn't give his sins to Christ. Our sins have to become Christ's sins. Christ, I give you my sins. And he takes our sins and he dies for our sins. You cannot remove your guilt today. You can't remove your shame today. But Christ can. I could never remove mine. But Christ came. And He said, Eric, through the gospel, I will forgive you. I will save you. So as Christians, we put our faith in Christ and His work on the cross on our behalf. As Christians, we submit our lives to Him. And we say, Lord, we want to serve You. We want to live for You and live for Your glory. As we think about those trees, right? I mean, all the, all the trees of this world eventually will fail, right? It's, it's not going to produce the fruit that leads to eternal life. We have to not be a Judas branch, but we have to be a branch that's actually attached to the true vine. It's getting nourished and has life and, and bearing fruit. We have to live our lives for God's glory. Will you give to Him today? Will you give Him your life? And, Will you give Him your sins first and will you give and hold nothing back and say, Jesus, I, I don't just want you as Savior, I, I make you my Lord. Live for Him today. We proclaim this in the name Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.